session number six on Philippians 3, 18 to 21, and we're going to finish up focusing on enemies of the cross, many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. And what we did in the last session was point out that there are both kinds of enmity against the cross as atonement and as a way of life in Philippians. And we want to know how they fit together. I'll show you in just a second those two competing views of who these enemies are and how they might fit together. So, Father, here we are at our climactic moment of of defining this enmity against the cross, which we so much don't want to be a part of. So go deep into our hearts now and reveal to what degree we are either of these kind and rooted out of us. We want to be wholly in sync with the cross, not enemies of it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the most immediate contextual suggestion is enmity against the cross is found here. Their end is destruction, but what are they doing? Their God is their belly, so they have made their appetites their God. And so instead of the cross defining, like Jesus, take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me, they're, deny, they're not denying themselves at all. They're, they're worshiping, worshiping their belly, and it's shameful. So it looks like these people are, are very worldly. Their mind is set on earthly things. They're considering their appetites the most important thing in their lives and the behaviors that are following from that kind of God are shameful and yet they're glorying in them. And so it looks like the answer is they are enemies of the cross because they contradict what Paul said back in Philippians 2 was the the mindset of the cross. The mindset of the cross is that Christ didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself, self-denial. He took the form of a servant, not self-exaltation. And he was found in human form and humbled himself. He didn't boast in himself and make his own belly his, his God. He became obedient obedient to God, not his own appetites, even to the point of death, death on a cross. So the, the whole point of this mindset that marks Christians is contradicted by verse 19. And so the answer would seem to be they are enemies of the cross because they are uh, striving against the very mindset of the cross because they have this mindset of earthliness. However, we also saw in chapter 3, verse 2, that these folks, watch out for the dogs, the evildoers, those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the circumcision, as though these folks are Jewish commenders of circumcision as a way to have confidence through their own flesh. And then Paul shows that he could outdo them in that. And that includes rigorous law-keeping. As to, a, as to the law, I'm a Pharisee. As to zeal, persecuted the church. As to righteousness in the law, blameless. As if these folks 
were that kind of person. And then Paul says it's all loss in the next verses. You need a righteousness that doesn't come from law, but that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So now we've got these people at Philippi seeming not to be verse 19 libertines who make their belly their God, but rather uh, Jewish rigorous law keepers in chapter 3 who are commending another way of getting confident with God through law keeping. So which is it? And here's what I want to suggest. We may have a an odd limited view of the Pharisees. So Paul makes the Pharisees the, the paradigm here of law keeping and says, look, if you want to play the Pharisee game and boast in the confidence of, of your flesh and treat circumcision and all the other uh, aspects of your Jewish pedigree as the ground of your, of your confidence and, and thus show the Pharisee as the epitome, I can, I can do it too. And I'm saying it doesn't work. It's all loss. Here's the catch. You go back to the Gospels, and here's what you read, Luke 16, 14. The Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things and they ridiculed him. So let that sink in. We usually think of the Pharisees as the paradigm of outward virtue. Well, Jesus goes to the heart and watch the things that he says about them. Number one, lovers of money. Luke 20, 46 to 47, beware the scribes who are the partners of the Pharisees who like to walk around in long robes and love greetings in the marketplaces. So they, they, they love the praise of man. Best seats in the synagogues, places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses. Devour widows' houses. Why? Because they love money. And they devour widows' houses. And for a pretense, make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And Matthew 23, 25 to 28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. You can see the link up between scribes and Pharisees here. Hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup, meaning you make outward righteousness look very good before others. Inside, they are full of, now notice the words, greed. In other words, lovers of money, lovers of things, and self-indulgence. And the word means the opposite of self-control. This is their God is their belly. Self-indulgence. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones. So they're responsible for the ruin of many people. And all uncleanness, that would be all kinds of sexual debauchery. 
So you outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Now that is the most amazing one. So here are the, the, the paradigm of law-keeping. And Jesus says they are using their outward law-keeping to cover and promote lawlessness. Okay, so my point here is don't let the traditional understanding of Pharisees as pristine law keepers keep you from seeing Jesus' perception of what was going on inside. Greed and love of money, self-indulgence as though their belly were their God, harm of other people, all kinds of uncleanness, including sexual debauchery, hypocrisy through and through, and in the end, not law-keeping, but lawlessness through law-keeping. Okay, so here's my answer. How are the people in Philippi, who are enemies of the gospel, how are they enemies of the cross of Christ? And I just want to say, don't choose between saying their God is their belly, they glory in their shame, and their mindset is on earthly things. Don't choose between that and outward law-keeping as a way of getting right with God. It's not either or. Jesus never saw it as either or. The people here in chapter 3, verses 2, who, who are rigorously mutilating the flesh through circumcision and who are putting confidence in the flesh and are competing and vying with Paul for Pharisaic uh, law-keeping as blameless and zealous, Paul would say there's, there's no contradiction there. There's no contradiction because those very people can, can be full of self-indulgence. So here's the bottom line. The cross of Christ happened by God's design as both a way of atonement, the covering of all of our sins, the making us right before God, the removing of all of our guilt, and it is the only way it can happen in the universe. And the cross in that very act was designed as a kind of life described here in Philippians 2. Have this mindset, not this mindset, the mindset on earthly things, but rather this mindset, which Jesus also had. Namely, he emptied himself. He became a servant. He was found in human form and humbled himself. So self-denial, servanthood, humility, obedience to the point of death, even death on the most painful and ignominious 
way of death imaginable. The cross in the book of Philippians is both a path of new righteousness in Philippians 3, 8, and 9, and a path of new thinking and new living in Philippians 2, 5 to 8. And the enemies of the cross here are opposing both of them because if you oppose either, you undermine the other.